0: It's one o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Protests outside the MTR over planned fare increases. The Federation of Trade Unions calls for tighter oversight of money changes. And the latest batch of government subsidised flats draws a tepid response. And the partial shutdown of the US government looks set to continue until the new year at least. Around 20 people from the Liberal Party have protested outside the MTR corporation. Over next month's fare increases, prices went up more than 3% in June, but this has been offset by a 3% rebate on every train trip for six months until the end of the year. Prices for monthly passes will go up by $15. Pro-business lawmaker and executive councillor Tommy Chung said due to uncertainty in the coming year, the rail giant should refrain from any fare hikes.
1: Year 2019 will be a very difficult year with China and with the U.S., on trade war and all that, uh, there's too much uncertainty ahead of us. And the fact that it's already hiked 3% a few months back uh, and not knowing what the future holds, I think it's prudent for the MTR to uh, withhold raising prices again in the next few months.
0: The Liberal Party also urged the MTR to offer more fair concessions and to partially open the scandal hit shut into central link to Tin to divert passengers from the crowded Kowloon Tong station. The Federation of Trade Unions has called for tighter regulation of money changes after a woman complained she was cheated out of $300,000. The woman asked a changer in Shamshui POTUS exchange the money and transfer it to her sister's mainland account, but the sum was never received. The shop said its mainland account had been frozen and has refused to refund the woman. Lawmaker Kohai Ming, who's helping the woman, says that's unacceptable, especially when the shop is still operating and actually opening more branches. He says money changers aren't banned from doing money transfers and it may be time to change the law to better protect customers.
2: The currency exchange are licensed by the custom department, but uh, the customs do not uh, make any inspection or do not have any regulation on the currency exchange company. The citizen will have confidence to the company that that they are regular by the government, then their money is safe. But in this case, we can see that there is no regulation from the government and also from any department, and no department cares this kind of case.
0: A new batch of government-subsidised flats on sale from today has drawn a lukewarm response and a number of, number of interested buyers were turned away after failing to submit all relevant documents. About 2,500 flats of Lai Cui Court at Changsha Wan are being offered at a 60% discount on market rates to those living in or waiting for public housing. Some of the applicants complained procedures were unclear because they didn't know their eligibility must first be endorsed by the management office in their public housing estate. Parts of the U.S. government are likely to remain closed until the new year after both houses of Congress adjourned without an agreement on how to address President Trump's demand for funds for a wall on the Mexican border. President Trump blames the Democrats for blocking his amendment that would add five billion U.S. dollars of spending onto the budget bill to build the wall. The Democrats say such a wall would be ineffective against what they describe as an exaggerated threat. Speaking outside the Capitol building, Senate Chair Republican Pat Roberts said there were no signs a deal was imminent. We're stuck. It's a matter of principle for the president. Border security is a very tough issue, always has been. It's tied into immigration, uh, but just to get the government funded again is something that we have to
1: do and then we can work from there.
0: President Trump is reportedly considering an executive order to declare a national emergency that would buy U.S. firms from using telecom equipment made by China's Huawei and ZTE. It would be the latest step by the Trump administration to cut Huawei Technologies and ZTE, two of China's biggest network equipment companies, out of the U.S. market. Reuters reported that the executive order could be issued as early as January and would direct the Commerce Department to block U.S. companies from buying equipment from foreign telecoms that pose significant national security risks. Washington says the companies work at the behest of Beijing and that their equipment could be used to spy on Americans. The British Defence Secretary says he has grave concerns about Huawei being involved in upgrading Britain's mobile network. Gavin Williamson said he'd look at the example of Australia and the United States, which have restricted the use of Huawei technology in their new 5G networks. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Marcus. Mr Williamson is among the most prominent voices urging a review of the use of Huawei technology in Britain's next-generation 5G telephone network. The Chinese state, he said, did sometimes act in a malign way. There's been growing unease about the security implications of using Huawei's equipment, both at home and abroad, with fears that it could enable Chinese spy agencies to mine vast quantities of data. State media say top mainland leaders have been forced to undergo a self-criticism session and what may be a further sign of President Xi Jinping's efforts to enforce party loyalty. Here's Robert Kemp.
1: A tool highly favoured by Mao Zedong and taken to extremes during the Cultural Revolution, self-criticism sessions are back in favour under President Xi. The state news agency Xinhua said members of the Politburo were asked to conduct criticism and self-criticism in light of work experience at a meeting held on Tuesday and Wednesday. They were also questioned on how they had taken the lead to implement President Xi's instructions and key party regulations and policies. The centre of power in China lies with the 25-member Politburo, though its role has lessened since Xi Jinping got the top job in 2012.
0: One of Britain's closest trading partners, Belgium has stepped up preparations for a no-deal Brexit. Reports say the foreign minister has prompted several departments to put together draft laws to keep the country running if Britain leaves the European Union on March 29th without a deal. Bilateral trade is worth around 57 billion US dollars a year. A new study says extreme weather conditions linked to climate change caused more than 60 billion US dollars worth of damage in the last year. In a report, the British based charity Christian Aid identifies some of the worst weather related disasters of 2018, including hurricanes Florence and Michael, the wildfires in California, droughts in Europe and Australia, and flooding in Japan, China, and India. It says all these events were in some way linked to global warming caused by human activity. Austrian police say five monks were attacked in a church in what appears to have been a robbery in a suburb of Vienna. A large-scale manhunt is underway. Here's the BBC's Bethany Bell.
2: The assailants entered the Catholic Church of Maria Immaculata brandishing a gun. They forced a monk to the ground, tied him up and kicked and violently beat him with metal tools. He suffered serious head injuries. Four other monks who entered the church a little later were also set upon, beaten and tied up with cables and rope. Police say they believe it may have been a robbery or possibly an act of revenge.
0: India's railways are to grant concessionary fares to transgender senior citizens. The 40% fare reduction for those aged 60 and over is in line with that currently offered to men. Women receive a 50% reduction from the age of 58. While a third gender column has been included on ticket reservation forms since 2016, in practice the concession hasn't been available to transgender people. Security sources in Nigeria say two military bases in the northeast of the country have been overrun by militants militant from Boko Haram. They say after a fierce battle, the jihadists took control of a naval base and a multinational joint task force post in the town of Baga. A statement from the army said troop reinforcements were in pursuit of the fighters. The BBC's Miami Jones reports from Lagos.
2: Boko Haram has now split into two factions and one of them has affiliated itself with the so-called Islamic State. And that faction seems to be continuously attacking soldiers and military bases all over the northeast and going away with weapons every single time. So speaking to various security analysts here, they see this attack as part of an ongoing trend by this IS-affiliated Boko Haram faction of attacking the military and trying to make them weaker and also try and take some of their weapons.
0: The President of the Democratic Republic of Congo, Joseph Kabila, has insisted that the exclusion of three regions from Sunday's long-awaited presidential election will not prevent the result from being declared. He told the BBC there wouldn't be any major issues with the more than one million voters whose participation will be delayed, and he insisted the postponement was necessary for public safety.
2: The idea was that Ebola is an epidemic which we manage or have been managing to control two months after It was declared. This time around, it has taken much longer than that. And right now, it's still spreading. So we have to contend with those two major issues. And of course, the choice is to save as many lives as possible.
0: A court in Argentina has acquitted a high-profile social activist who's been in jail for nearly three years, accused of ordering the murder of a political rival. Milagro Sala said she was a victim of political persecution by the government of Mauricio Macri. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Milagro Sala said her acquittal was a ray of hope for all Argentine activists. She was arrested a month after President Macri took office and said the charges were politically motivated. Missala was the leader of the left-wing Tupac Amaro organization and a close ally of the former President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. The court ruled that Missala must stay in jail awaiting a verdict on charges of corruption. Her opponents say her group incited violence and siphoned off public funds. The United Arab Emirates has reopened its embassy in Syria. The move gives a diplomatic boost to President Bashar al-Assad after more than seven years of civil war. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnson.
2: The UAE's national flag was raised as its embassy reopened. It's nearly seven years since it last flew in Damascus. Then the Syrian civil war was just beginning. Many believed it would sweep away President Bashar al-Assad. The UAE and other Arab states turned their back on him, but he's survived. With the help of his Russian and Iranian
0: allies, Mr Assad has emerged from the war on top. Now the Emiratis have decided it's time to do diplomatic business in Damascus again. The United States' oldest man has died at the age of 112. Richard Overton served in the South Pacific and would later say he'd landed on more beaches under fire than he could remember. He was honoured on Veterans Day in 2013 by President Obama and for his birthday last year. The veteran always said he owed his long life to God's grace, cigars and whiskey. Financial news now. Um, The currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 110.57 yen, and the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 14 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 91 cents. Financial news. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,554. That's 75 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $22 billion. And now with the sports, is Adam Chung.
1: We start with news concerning the Italian football giants Inter Milan. The club will play two home games behind closed doors as punishment for racist abuse. The BBC's Andy Barwell reports. Inter Milan have been ordered to play two home games behind closed doors as a result of the
0: trouble that occurred at their game against Napoli on Wednesday. A section of their ground will also be closed for a third match. Well, Inter were 1-0 winners in the game, but it was overshadowed by the racist abuse aimed at the Napoli defender Caledou Koulibaly. Well, an Inter supporter also died after being hit by a van before Wednesday's Serie A fixture, and there were clashes between rival fans outside the stadium.
1: As you heard there, an Inter fan was killed before that Syria match on Wednesday. With more details, here's the BBC's Nick Hatton. According to police in Milan, it happened after 100 Interfans attacked a Napoli supporter's minibus with chains and hammers. Four Napoli fans
0: were injured in that attack. In the ensuing confusion, though, a 35-year-old Inter Milan
1: fan was hit by a vehicle, and there were initial reports that he was struck by a Napoli minibus, but mobile phone footage appears to show him being hit by a dark SUV. He was carried to hospital but died later of his injuries. That's despite being operated on. The English Premier League season has reached the halfway point with each team having played 19 games. It reached that stage last night with the match between Southampton and West Ham United at St. Mary's. And this is what happened. There's no flag. Redmond's follow-up. It scrambled in. Redmond was there. He's able to force it over the line. And the goal stands. And Southampton are in front. Cresswell's
0: curling cross, headed away by Yoshida, who got it well. Only out to Anderson. A shot into the Brilliant shot from Felipe Anderson He struck that so sweetly with his right foot And it's 1-1 West Ham are away on the counter-attack It's Antonio There are four runners in the middle Antonio finds Anderson One-on-one Scores West Ham
2: lead by two goals to one
1: And that was the way it finished West Ham's victory moved them to the top half of the table to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks have swept their home-and-home series with the New York Knicks, having won in Manhattan on Christmas, the Bucks came home and cruised to a 112-96 victory, behind 31 points and 14 rebounds by Yanis Antetokounmpo. James Harden was on fire once again; his 45 points helped the Houston Rockets beat the Boston Celtics 127-113. Harden has scored over 40 in three of his last four games. And the top two teams in the NHL's Western Conference went head-to-head when the Calgary Flames paid a visit to the Winnipeg Jets. Johnny Goudreau was the star. His hat-trick gave the visiting Flames a 4-1 win over their Canadian rivals. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Protests outside the
0: MTR over planned fare increases. The Federation of Trade Unions wants tighter oversight of money changes. And the latest batch of government subsidised flats gets a tepid response. The news from RTHK.
2: afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 28th of December is today's date. The very last Friday before the new year. Many thanks to Todd, Todd Harding for this morning's Morning Brew. We've got a rather busy program, and we're swapping things around. We're starting today's show with the Agenda Cafe. My wonderful co-host Karen Ko and myself will be chatting with Ivy Wong from the Department of Psychology from the University of Hong Kong, and also Icy Young, who's studying for her master's degree at Oxford University, and the big topic we're talking about is gender stereotypes and color associations. You know, the typical sort of pink is for girls, blue is for boys, but is is it really so uh ivy and icy will be uh giving us some answers in about uh 10 minutes in about five minutes or so and uh after two thirty, um our intern charlotte yu she uncovers the world of love motels here in hong kong
0: music was
2: my first love
0: inspired by music lovers Uncle Ray Kadira with a superb balance of vocal
1: and instrumental classics from the last six decades, including the obligatory song